Welcome to episode 10 of the Playing It Wrong podcast. Oh, this is going to be a busy episode with a holiday in the middle there. As usual, let's start off with tech notes. Let's see, first of all, you know what? I'm probably going to take that dive and upgrade the phone next week, and you know, that way we'll be able to call in and annoy other people. Also, the podcast just got picked up in Spotify, and we're only waiting on iTunes, that big brass ring. Maybe I should build an altar to Steve Jobs, and maybe they'll do it faster, but I kind of like the Waz better. And that's what's up with podcasts. So let's get this show going with our live studio audience of two napping dogs, one who's occasionally whining. The big news this week, any nominations. And everybody's talking about it, so I might as well too. All right, let's just run down these categories and I'll rant about each one. First up, Best Adventure. So what cool stuff have we got there? Let's see. We've got Delta Green and Night at the Opera and The Dark Hot Springs Island. Both are awesome. Big thumbs up to both of them. Big congratulations on OSR stuff. All right, what do we got up up next here? Let me flip it over here. Uh, best aid or accessory? Yeah, kind of. This kind of seems like who cares. Didn't really look at many of those. Best cover art. Best interior art. These are two categories. Best cover art. Yeah, well, kind of like the Conan cover. Wasn't that hot about the game, but kind of like the cover. Uh, best interior art. Frostbitten and mutilated. Uh, I'm going to say a whole bunch about that one later on, but yeah, yeah, that's that, that's a good one in there. Another OSR mark. Best blog, uh, usual suspects, uh, whatever. Best cartography, uh, once again, the Midlands, another great one. Uh, what have we got? Up? Best electronic book, Delta Green again. Night at the Opera, shows up again. Best family product, have no idea. Best free game. No idea on those. Best free product. Don't know what the differences are, but this has got Vaginas Are Magical from last year, which is actually pretty damn cool. Uh, best game, Delta Green, the RPG. Played that already. Fun time. And that's the only one I've actually done. Best miniature product. Nothing strikes me there. Best monster adversary. Frostbitten and Mutilated. Again, that's not a good one. Like I said, I'm going to rant on that one a little more at the end here. Best organized play. What the hell is this? This all seems to be just 5e Adventurers League stuff, so why not call it Best Adventurers League stuff instead of Organized Play? There's lots of good programs out there, Savage Worlds Explorer Society, DCC's Road Crew, and I can even say, you know, Paizo's got their, their, uh, their Pathfinder Society stuff. Don't know why this category is here. I think a lot of people are scratching their heads going, why is this here? And why is this the only Watsy thing on here, really? Other than saying, hey, there's lots of uh, organized play for Adventures League, which, well, maybe I'll rant about that later. But Adventures League, I'll, okay, I'll rant about it now. Adventures League is like D&D with training wheels. It's fun, it's good dis- dis- distraction, but it's r- I just feel it's really, really limited to what you can do and what the players can do and what the DM can do. It's a good start. It's a good way to get people into the hobby, but uh, I would make a regular habit of it. Anyway, let's go to other things here. Let's see. We got best podcast. Let's see here. There's only two of those I've listened to: Fear of a Black Dragon and Hobbs and Friends of the OSR. And you know, my vote's kind of leaning towards Hobbs and Friends because I've really grown to like that podcast. 
best production values. Hey, guess what? We got Delta Green again. <coughs> Star Trek Adventures, I've tried to read the PDF, I've tried to read the Quick Start, and it just hurts my brain. I don't know. Best RPG-related product, I really don't care. Best rules, Delta Green again. I don't know. It's 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 Delta Green. It's still basically Call of Cthulhu. It's got some other stuff, but hey, it was a pretty good rule set. Uh, Star Trek Adventures, I already said, the thing gave me a headache. Best setting, Frostbitten and Mutilated again. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to run on that a little more after I'm done with all the other categories here. Uh, best supplement, uh, nothing strikes me there. More Starfinder stuff, best website, bunch of stuff. Best writing, we got Frostbitten and Mutilated again. Product of the year. Delta Green, Frostbitten and Mutilated, and Judges Spotlight winners, Operation Un Unfathomable. Yes, that's a really good one. I got it. I enjoy it. It's got so many great ideas, and I wonder why it get, did not get nominated for art. That art is so cool and so evocative of the setting, it really should have been nominated for art, too, but that's just my opinion. And let's talk about Frostbitten and Mutilated a little bit. I got it. I got the PDF anyway, so, and I kind of like it, you know, it's, Zach's done some interesting stuff, you know, I've got Vornheim, Maze of the Blue Medusa, Red and Pleasant Land, and both his version and the original version of uh, Death Frost Doom, and in my opinion, the two best things he's, do he's done is Vornheim and Frostbitten and Mutilated. Uh, Red and Pleasant Land and Blue Medusa are just kind of too lengthy, I'm not into big mega dungeons, too lengthy for my taste, but... There's plenty of ideas in there to mine. I just think that, eh, Frostbitten Mutilated has got lots of good stuff to mine and lots of tools to add crazy weird stuff to your campaign rather than leading you through the nose through an adventure. Anyway, that's kind of my rant on the Ennies, and congratulations to all the nominees. Lots of great OSR stuff. Lots of Call Cthulhu stuff. Not that much from Watsy. Paizo's throwing Starfinder out like it needs to be the new candy. I don't know, I'm just... I'm living about that right now. So, vote how you want. Vote once, not often. You know the drill. Be good people out there. Alright, next up we're going to move on to rants. This is kind of a general rant of going on about, uh, you know, the usual things that go around the RPG communities and a little bit about me. Of This is, I'm calling this RPGs, politics, and food. And, well, it's not food the way you think it. It's not about snacks at the table. It's making comparisons between RPGs and food. Sort of like I did in the can cantina scene episode when I said how many races you want is like how many toppings you want on your pizza. Now there's a really weird reason I've developed this kind of thought process. Mainly it's, well, the SO is a chef. She's gone to culinary school, she's worked in kitchens, she's ran kitchens, and she is in no way a geek. And I had a lot of times explaining stuff to her in a perspective that she could understand, like food. And, well, we've also just been recently, you know, binge-watching anything Anthony Bourdain because, well, we're both big fans of his. And, and a lot of the things, you know, I think back to some of the crazy controversies and the way people talk and think about things in RPG communities. And I kind of, both mechanically and, you know, kind of culturally, kind of look at the food culture, the culinary culture, and the RPG ideas and communities kind of in the same way now. Now, one of the first things I want to say is there's lots of kinds of food. It's like there's lots of kinds of RPGs. 
there's your high artsy stuff, and then there's your Greasy Spoon Diner. You know, they're both just good, can be good, both can be legitimate, it doesn't matter. You know, just like, you know, you know, if you watch TV, you see all these celebrity chefs. Well, okay, they're not going to be cooking your food if you go into one of their name restaurants. They're not going to be there. It's basically almost a corporate restaurant. You know, the real unsung heroes are the, the actual people in the restaurants doing the things. And that's a lot like the RPG community, if you think about it. You've got people, you know, people don't become chefs for, well, a few may now try to think they're going to get fame and glory. But the truth is... It's long hours, it's crappy pay, it's hard work. A lot of times there's very little recognition, and they do it because they love it. That's why so many people, I mean, that's an OSR thing. We do it because we love it. That's why people write this stuff. That's why people throw this stuff out there, either in a blog or a simple little PDF, you know. You know, you come to the game table or you come to the dinner table to enjoy a good time with friends and family. You can put all sorts of crap aside, and there's... There's plenty of crap in the world you don't need to bring to the game table, ever. I mean, yeah, I know there's this big conflict a lot of times between people's like trying to either throw politics in or keep politics out of the game table. And, you know, maybe it just seems like the, the, the older gamers, you know, we've not only been around the game table, a lot of us have been around the world and we've seen how, well, downright crappy humanity can be for real. And... The game table's a good place to escape all that. You know, when you're done, you can go back and worry about and handle that, that, that real-world stuff. Anyway, back to the food, the food analogy. Like I said, you know, f- people create this stuff because they love it. Also, the creation process, it's a recipe. People share recipes. People alter recipes, tweak recipes. You may not like pineapple on your pizza. You may think it's an abomination like I do. Then don't have a pineapple on your pizza. But at the same time, don't go over to the next table and bitch that somebody else has pineapple on their pizza. Not your problem. You know, another, this is off the cuff here, but there's only one RPG community you need to worry about, and that's the one around your table. This whole hobby was not built on these huge organized plays. It's a good, like I said when I was talking about the any nominations, it's a good start, it's a good marketing, it gets people into the hobby. But to keep the hobby going and growing and vibrant, it's those thousands or millions of individual little communities around a kitchen table with a bunch of friends playing. That's really the heart for me of any RPG, the idea of an RPG community is your circle of friends. And sure, you may share some of that stuff to the world at large just as because you had fun and you told a funny story. All right. Yeah, I know I'm rambling. I'm going to flip this back, 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 back to Anthony Bourdain. And so many of these crazy online conflicts between people. You know, throughout the series of his shows, he was able to sit down at one time with Barack Obama and another time with Ted Nugent and still be civil. So, really, people. I mean, all right, you old-timers, you know what a station wagon is. though Those huge family death traps, the, the Neanderthal version of the minivan and the SUV, the station wagon. I mean, in the back seat, you had the kids crammed in the back seat, and there were no seat belts because, well, there were no seat belts in the back seat. You go on the family vacation, the kids start yelling in the back, so-and-so took my candy, so-and-so touched my toy, so-and-so's sitting on the wrong side of the line. Mom and dad keep saying, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And eventually, either mom or dad, that arm comes back around the seat and just starts swigging because it gets to the point where it doesn't matter who said what first, who started it, everybody grow up, 
act like a people. All right. So there's that rant. All right. Let's move on to the next subject. I told you this episode was be busy. I'm catching up because of the long, long weekend. So this may be my longest episode ever. Okay. We're gonna roll on to our next subject here. Um, all right. This is kind of ins- well. This is inspired by I think it was Jason Hobbs over at Random Screed mentioned this. I've been uh, binge listening to the other anchor podcasts, and I'm pretty sure he's the one who said it. If not, I'm sure someone will correct me. It's it's no problem if I'm wrong. That a lot of us OSR anchorites are starting off our podcasts and kind of rehashing old things. So I thought, yeah, he's kind of right. I'm guilty of that. But it's still, I'm seeing other people's opinions, and I'm probably presenting some of my same old opinions in a different way in the podcast. But I want to throw out some stuff here that uh, that's hopefully going to be a little bit different. Um, I haven't done it yet, but it will be posted very, very shortly on the OSR Anchorite G Plus community as an open question to all the Anchorites. Because, you know what? There's always the story of how you started in gaming. Well, I want to change that a bit. Not how you started in gaming, but what? What made you go from gamer to somebody who's either blogging or podcasting about games? What 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 made you go in and, and start doing that? And since I'm asking the question, I'll go ahead and answer it. Um, I started kind of blogging with LiveJournal because, well, I got invited by some friends and I kind of liked it, but it really wasn't a thing. And many, many years ago in Austin, Texas, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers this or anybody's even heard of it. There was Linicon One, which is a really good geeky convention. And it was old enough... Uh, the, the, uh, let me put it this way. The, the, I guess the two people who... Most notable people there that I got to talk to were Steve Jackson and Steve Jackson Games, since he's local, and Will Wheaton, who seemed to be a lot cooler back then. But, you know, I kind of read his blog. I thought about blogging. I thought, you know what? Damn it. I got opinions. I can start a blog. I mean, this was back in the days Facebook wasn't around yet. G Plus wasn't around yet. I think MySpace had started. was my first blog. But I just wanted to like do some reviews and throw some house rules up and talk about games. And at the time, blogs seemed the best way to do it. And I've just kept going over the years blogging. I've Basically, uh, my first blog and second blog are kind of dead, and I kind of combined them into the most newest one, the They Might Be Gazebos, even though They Might Be Gazebos was a blog I had for a while, but uh, yeah, the hosting just got too damn expensive. So we can glop those in to my current blog. I'll keep doing it. The Anchor thing came about, so I'm doing that too. So that's kind of why I started doing it, because I like, well, I like tweaking rules. I like talking about rules. And, you know, I hate doing reviews, and I really don't want to do negative reviews i'd rather spend my time saying hey here's something cool look at this and like make your own decision but i think this is cool anyway that's that's kind of why i started just it just evolved over time and also going on that same subject from jason over rehashing the old things here here's coming up my next big big not really big project but this is what i'm going to do on the podcast so consider this kind of a well consider it a preview all right so, as I've mentioned on the podcast, on the blog right now, I'm running Dungeon Crawl Classics. And after that, I'm going to do Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells. Both, I'll have more about both those later. I'm going to do a rant about DCC on one episode. And there's probably going to be an, there will definitely be an episode where I'm going to rant about Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells. But after that, I'm going to do a uh, Swords and Wizardry White Box campaign. And for that campaign, I've decided that, well, one, for both 5th edition 
and Dungeon Crawl Classics, I've used the same world, the world of Zoom. It's got a page on my blog, and there's virtually nothing there, but I've got stacks of notes and other stuff. So instead of doing the good old telling you, here's how I make my world, I'm going to show you. I'm going to take you through the steps. There's going to be episodes where I go through the steps of making and designing a section of the world, or thoughts about designing a section of the world, and messing with the fluff. And also at the same time, I'm going to house rule and tweak white box like crazy. So it's going to be an intersection of those two. Some episodes may be lots and lots of crunch, others may be fluff, but a lot of them I think are going to be a hybrid of the two as I look at classes, races, and kind of what I want out of the campaign. And who knows, maybe when this thing gets close to being ready and done, there might be one or maybe two uh, PDFs that go out on RPG now. That's a good definite possibility. So, all right, you know the drill. Subscribe to the podcast, like the blog, like the Facebook page, and here we go with the end credits. Thanks for listening. Uh, wait, I say it at the end credits anyway, so hey, thanks for listening anyway. And thanks for listening. Please visit the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. That's theymightbegazebos.blog. And the letter B, not B, spelled out. Or visit us on Facebook and just search for They Might Be Gazebos. Ask us questions and you might get an answer. If not, we'll just make up the questions and the answers. Remember, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, and have fun. Intro music is Metal Mania by Kevin McLeod, licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution license. Please visit his website at incompetech.com. That's incompetech.com. Really, visit it. There's also downloadable graph paper and hex paper. Additional sound effects from freesound.org, used under a Creative Commons 0.1.0 universal license. Hey, in our last uh, Star Wars game, we discovered a thing called the Reverse Tauntaun. We don't know what it is, but it costs extra. Thanks for listening.